Welcome back. As always, thanks so much for tuning in to the Sounder Podcast, the podcast dedicated to the Wild Hogs. Got a great show for you today. Big shout out to all our guys in the tournament, Jarek Hochek, Clayton Reynolds, Michael Peterson, Daniel Polanski, getting on the leaderboard early. Not doing too bad for February. We got 44 hogs this month so far in the tournament. Yeah, got signed up. You could do so. True-conservation.org for your chance at winning prizes every month. This month, I'm giving away a 12-gauge Mossberg. Turkey season's right around the corner, so we figured we'd give you all a turkey gun. I know some of y'all out there probably already have a turkey gun or actually probably just have a shotgun that you use for turkey hunt turkey hunting but this one is rigged out check it out get signed up you can check it out on our website true-conservation.org on the leaderboards page you can see the leaderboards page once you're signed up so like i said we are at 44 hogs this month jerick in the league with 21 clayton with 15 michael with six and daniel with two we're doing pretty good but we still got a little bit of time left remember every hog submitted and approved is another ticket in the hat for the drawing of our prizes. So the moment you are signed up, you immediately have a chance at winning. Every hog submitted and approved after that is an extra ticket, another chance. So you can kind of control your opportunity here. Um, you can trap hogs. You can use night vision, thermal dog, however you have success hunting these things. We are a conservation effort trying to get more hunters motivated getting out there, hunting them as hard as possible, and bringing their numbers down to a much more manageable population. Because right now, they're out of control, and they're costing billions of dollars. And I've said this a hundred times on the show, but billions with a B. That's right. It's a lot of money annually that they're costing the United States. And it's quickly becoming a problem for everybody. So if it's not your problem right now, if you're not being affected by it, you just wait a little bit longer. These things are breeding very fast and quickly taken over. So, again, the Mossberg 835 is the uh, Ultimag Tactical Turkey Hunter Pump Action 12-gauge shotgun with a vent rib 20-inch barrel Mossy Yoke Obsession uh, camo skin adjustable stock, a 3.5-inch chamber. Uh, X-Factor ported choke tube and a five-round fiber optic front sight includes sling. So, heck of a deal for going out there and hunting hogs. I have said it before. I see hogs dead on the side of the road. I'll pull over and take a picture of them and get credit for that kill, even though technically I didn't kill it. Just nobody cut its ear off. Like I said, do not do that on, like, I-10 or some major highway where the risk of getting ran over uh is there but if you are out on some back road middle of nowhere fm road county road something like that you can do that it's fine i do it i do it all the time so uh talked about wild hog hunting last time i was on the show i was hoping to get the air gun that i borrowed from my friend leo and and do some pig hunting and i just never got to it like i said my kid got sick spent some time in the hospital And, and since then to be honest with you i just had a very full plate and uh uh, got a whole lot of excuses, I guess you can say, on why I haven't gotten out there. Um, but they're all pretty legit. Things going on in life, being dad. It's T-ball season, being 
husband getting, you know, everything situated for spring. We got uh, a whole lot on our plate. And I also have uh, a huge shout out to two good friends of mine, uh, Ryan Grayson, Sean Torres, getting married this weekend. I cannot wait to be a part of that that wedding. Looking forward to that. That's also taken up some time and been a big reason why I haven't really put hunting at the top of my list of things to do. Just been getting ready for a wedding and uh, very excited about that. Excited to get it out of there. So if you see Ryan and Sean, you know Ryan and Sean, you know, tell them congratulations. Got a, a very fun weekend ahead of us, something that they've been looking forward to for a long time. I think everybody's been looking forward to for a very long time. So going to be a lot of fun. Going to probably have some sore feet from dancing, and I'm sure there'll be more than a few people that have had more than a few drinks at this wedding. So it's going to be a good time. Can't wait. But once that's all done, once the wedding's over with and all that, and get back to our normal life, it's time to start getting things prepped on the farm. So one thing that I have done here recently um, that I was putting off for a while was I need to put some more protein feed in the feeder. I am also running a little bit of corn, just kind of a couple small squirts a day out of the feeder. Um, and I think I might cut that back to just late evening once a day because I'm pretty much feeding nothing but doves and a bunch of other birds throughout the day. I do have deer coming in still. I still have hogs on camera, but they all seem to be a lot more attracted to the protein feeder as of right now. Uh, so like I said, probably cutting corn down. It's just kind of a waste of money for me right now. This time of year, I uh, really want to focus on the protein feed with these does. You know, we're, we're already almost in March. So it's just a few few more weeks uh, or a couple more months, I should say. When we start getting into later spring, it's going to be here before you know it. These does are going to start dropping these fawns, and uh, they're going to need all the nutrients they can get. So, yeah, a lot of people feed protein you know, thinking about, you know, or, or any kind of food supplement, whether it be a food plot, what are they doing? They're thinking about growing these big antlers on these bucks. Um, but from a number standpoint and just a herd uh, standpoint, we really need to cater to these does. And, and what you're going to do there at that point, once your your herd is established and you got these does that are just really focused in, in your property, uh, come rut, if they're still hanging around, which they should be, that's you want to make it their home, give them food, water, and shelter, uh, and, and really they won't have any reason to want to travel anywhere. You will then bring in these more mature, these larger bucks. So it, it, it's six, one half dozen another. You want to definitely do a little bit for all of them, the big bucks as well. But you know, this year was the first year that I think that we really had a grasp on a, on a really good doe population and kept these does around the farm. And because of that, we had so many different bucks on camera, um, so many different bucks that we'd seen just with our own eyes. And, and it was a it was a fun season. Um, and we also were blessed with a very quiet season uh, without hogs. Now the season's over with. We got pigs all over the place. And uh, they're really starting to take over, which is not a bad thing, like I said. I really enjoy hunting pigs this time of year uh, when I get an opportunity. And uh, we will be hopefully getting some time here in March. A lot of stuff to do. Talked about building the boat ramp. That's coming. Uh, spring cleaning. We've been cleaning out the shed, making room there for the vehicles and all that. With spring storms coming around, there's always a chance, the possibility of hail. So want to have everything ready to go that way. Uh, I mean, 
you can't be prepared for the worst at all times. I mean, things can happen, but at least if there's some pea-sized hail or something, I can get the vehicles out, put them up in the shed, and and close it all up, and they'll be fine. Um, like I said, with the boat ramp, that's a really big project that I got coming up with all this brick that's been tore off of, of Dell's house next door. You know, Dell's the owner of True Ballistics. Uh, been remodeling his house, had a whole bunch of brick. They weren't going to do anything with it. He was kind enough to, to give that to me, transport it out to the farm where it's been sitting. We've been very blessed with a lot of good rain which has kept me from really starting that project, but that's been fine. The skid steer has been getting serviced and has been off the farm anyway, so there's nothing I can do even if the weather was perfect. So I'll take the rain, everything. The skid steer's back. It looks to be drying up around the farm. Don't see any big rain in the future forecast. But like I said, I don't mind waiting for bad weather. I don't mind waiting for rain. Um, that really doesn't hurt my feelings. Once this ramp is built, things, my life is going to change as a fisherman. I have been very limited on when I could fish the river, when I can access the river, because I have a dirt ramp and when it rains, it's river silt. It gets very, very wet and it stays wet for a very long time. It holds water like a sponge and it's very loose ground. Even if, if you pack it, pack it, pack it. It doesn't take long for it to loosen back up. You will sink your truck, your Polaris, your skid steer, anything you got trying to get your boat in and out of the river. So it's pretty much impossible. Even if we don't get rain, if the river comes up and then recedes, I have a wet boat ramp. I can't get in and out. So it's time to put some work in, put this brick down, and be able to hit the river and fish and eventually get into some duck hunting uh, you know, the whole reason I built this boat was to enjoy the water. And uh, I have been able to at certain times, but <laughs> just about the time that the boat ramp dries out, the river's drying out and it's getting shallow and becomes very hard to navigate and very difficult and very dangerous at that. So, uh, like I said, it, it, it's it's going to be very nice. Hopefully, you know, we have a wet spring. Hopefully we have a wet summer and the river stays at a very nice, safe level to travel and to navigate. And when that happens, I'll be able to get that boat in and out, which is key. Uh, the best fishing for for me, if you talk to pretty much anybody that fishes a lot, when you're on the river, the best time to fish is when that water is on a rise. So if we get a rain anywhere north of us that puts any kind of runoff in that river, and you even if it's just a six-inch rise, anything like that, if you can finish that rise, you will do very well for the most part. I mean, not all the time, but for the most part, you have a better chance at catching fish. And, and it's going to be setting lines and all that stuff. And really looking forward to that. Springtime is is just my favorite time to catch fish. And so really, really Looking forward to getting the boat on the water. I got the boat on the pond. A little test run ran great. All the lights are working. All the electronics are working. You know, uh, that that's always a good sign. I mean, a rat didn't get in there and chew on anything they weren't supposed to. Didn't have any moisture getting at anything and, and cause anything to shorten out. So we're looking good. Got a trolling motor mounted. That's going to help me out. Really looking forward to doing some bass fishing uh, on the river and Hopefully here on the pond pretty quick. We did restock the pond last summer um, and after we finally got a rain to fill it up. 
And so we've had, we put some fingerlings in there, a bunch of perch, a bunch of minnows and, and stuff like that. And it's been over half a year. So obviously we're not looking at trophies, but should start seeing fish good enough to catch. And and really what I'm what I'm more excited about than anything isn't the blue cats, isn't the bass. It's being able to go out there, cast net, or just take the rod and reel out, take my kid out there and catch a whole bunch of perch and then go down to the river and hopefully catch some some bigger fish. Having bait at your disposal is very crucial to having a good uh, fishing trip. I, I've grown up not having a pond and having to scavenge for bait, go to creeks and, I mean, do some pretty sketchy things just to get live bait. And I got tired of doing that. I was blessed with a pond that Dad built a few years back, and, and it's just been it's been well worth the, all the work and, and stuff, but it did go dry. We had a very, very bad drought, and it did go dry, and we did lose every single fish we had. And it has been uh, a journey to, to bring it back to life. Uh, first thing, it took uh, rain, and God blessed us with rain, filled up the pond, and since then we've done a better job at managing the pond, managing our water level, trying to keep water pumped into it, when we can and stay on top of it last time where we really got in a bind was we just didn't pump enough water and we're always kind of in the back of our mind hoping for that rain expecting that rain and just never getting it and because that happened uh you know because we went so long in that drought and we just waited so long to start pumping by the time we did start pumping water it was too late we we, we were trying to play catch up and and the water temperature got really warm and it just it just snowballed after that. So got a pond back. Looks really good. Got fish in it. Going to get some more fish here in March. Put some, uh, talk to my stepdad, talk to my brother. Going to be putting some bait fish in there, some perch and some minnows. Uh, if you want to grow a big catfish, you want to grow a big bass, you've got to give them something to eat. So going to be giving them a lot of red ear, a lot of native bluegill, and a whole bunch of golden shiner and some fathead minnows. And just grow that pond. Um the next thing to do after that is maybe put some some cattails or some water lilies, give these fish a little bit more cover, especially from the birds, and then really just try to keep the pigs out of the pond. You know, we've had in the past where pigs have gone around there and really tore up the banks of the pond, and uh, it makes it a pain in the butt to be able to mow around. We try to keep our pond manicured, try to make it nice. I have... You know, kids that like to go out there, I like to go out there. I'm terrified of snakes, and I like to be able to keep my grass short. I like to be able to see where I'm stepping and what I'm stepping on. So that's going to be a big deal, keeping the pigs away. And, and really what's going to come with that is, is I'm going to have to get out there and do some trapping. I have an old box trap, and I know you all are probably sick and tired of me talking about doing it and not doing it, but it's – it's time. It's I'm very serious about it. I got the skid steer back. It's time to set the trap. With my busy schedule, with me running all over the place and doing things uh, and not finding time to get out there in the stand or in the blind and do any hunting, uh, it, it's going to work out in my favor to just set the box trap. And, and, you know, I've had success with it before in the past. Um, it's worked out very well. I've had success with other box traps in the past. And so there's no doubt in my mind that it'll work just need to be put on the right trail. And uh, so what I'll do is start off like I always do. 
I'll lock the gate open, get it in a spot that I like it to be, and I'll bait it really heavy, and I will, like I said, not allow the gate to be tripped, and I'll let those pigs get really used to going in and out. You're going to waste about two bags of corn doing this. It's going to take a couple weeks, maybe more. Um, but once I find out, and, and it's always smart to, to and at this time I, I actually have a sale cam, uh, get a sale cam or get any kind of game cam for that matter. I like to run cheap Tascos. I've talked about those before. $32 at Walmart. They run on eight AA batteries and an SD card. So all together, you're looking at mm, a little over, you could say about 46 to 50 bucks all together. You have to buy batteries and SD cards. That'll get you going. Run these things on, I've talked a lot about running them on, on video. They have really good video quality. But if you're just checking out a trap for pigs, you can easily get away with just running regular photos and your batteries are going to last you a lot longer doing that. But anyway, whatever game camera you use, put a game camera on, or around your trap. That way you know what's going in and out. If, if the corn's being eaten up by raccoons, you know you got coons and not pigs. If, it, if deer wandering in there, you can make adjustments run a wire or some kind of bar or something across the door of that trap at a certain level, deer tend to not want to crouch down that low to get in a small space like that. So you don't trap deer. And and the way I, I'm, I have my trap set up, the way I bought it, was it, it's a metal wire pretty much that, that or a cable, I should say, a metal cable that hooks to the door, that spring-fed door. And I have had in the past animals get in there and trip that door, the door closes. Well, now they have a loose metal cable, and I've seen animals get tangled up and really, really jack themselves up with this. So if you have a deer in your trap and you are running something like a metal cable, that's a risk that you run. You might end up killing a deer. It's bad enough for a deer to get in a trap anyways. They they panic. They run the risk of like giving themselves a heart attack, a panic attack, and they'll, they'll just drop dead. Or they will literally, in these box traps, beat themselves to death. Uh, I have seen that before, too, where these deer just back and forth, back and forth, beaten into these metal gates, metal traps, and they're knocking antlers off. They're breaking legs. They're breaking their noses, just taking all the hide off their back. It's just, it's, it's awful. It's awful to have to witness. It's not a pretty sight. Um... And there's really no saving that animal at that point. So take the extra time, run something across the front of that door, like a wire or a cable or a bar, something that just makes them makes it just that much more difficult for the deer to go in. You'll be amazed when these pigs get greedy. There's not much that's going to keep them away from food. So if you're out there trapping pigs, that's my advice. And uh, take it if, as you will. But I'm looking forward to uh, to getting the trap set. I'm looking forward to putting just that much more meat in my freezer before summertime rolls around and it gets really hot. We got some just delicious little fatties running around the farm. I mean, got some big sows too. But man, these these uh, these there's like two or three sows that I got on camera. They've all had a litter and they all done really well. And I got about. I'd say they're pushing 40 pounds right now. They're not quite 50, but they're getting close. They're just little round butter balls of just bacon, and they look delicious. So 
if I can get just a couple of those in the trap, I will be apt. I, it, they're the size right now where I could literally just cut them in half down the spine long ways and do a whole smoke front, uh, shoulder, back leg, quarter, ribs, and all just have that whole back strap in there, the pork loin, just do it all like that, smoke it for several hours, wrap it up in foil with some onion and some green apple, rosemary, all kinds of stuff, all your seasonings, wrap it up tight, and just put it off the side of that fire and let it sit for a few more hours and just really let it soak in. And, and I'm telling you, some of the best meat you will ever, ever have. So really looking forward to possibly getting those. Wouldn't hurt my feelings to get one of them big fat sows. Uh, you know, I have plenty of, of, of pork meat right now off of Big Boar for, for making some sausage. I still need to do that. That is also on my to-do list. But, man, a big sow, I can get some great pork chop cuts. I can roast a whole ham, uh, you know, really get some good meat off them back straps. And then even, like, that front brisket area, just all that stew meat, anything you can do with it, uh, make some pan sausage off of her. Uh, just a great big fat sow that we got running around would be perfect. Um, <laughs> like I said, I already got lots of meat off that boar. I really don't want another boar. But beggars can't be choosers if a big boar runs into the trap. We'll do what we got to do. I mean, that's just part of it. But we are starting to warm up down in the south. I'm sure y'all are noticing it just as much as I am today. I think it was in like the low 70s. It's actually a beautiful day. But we're going to start seeing snakes moving around. And uh, all you guys out there chasing pigs at night. Excuse me. Had to get a sip of that. Uh all you guys that are chasing pigs at night, be on the lookout. You're going to start seeing the creepy crawlies moving around. Going to start seeing some snakes, possibility of the big rattlers, some of them poisonous guys. I don't typically see a lot of copperheads this time of year. doesn't mean they're not there. I see more rattlesnakes. I see a lot more water moccasins, the cottonmouth, stuff like that. But keep an eye out. It's easy to stumble upon those things, especially at night. Um, the last few rattlesnakes I've encountered didn't rattle. Even when, even when they coiled up and they were showing me everything that, Hey, I can strike. They weren't rattling. I don't know what that is. There's a lot of rumor that there could be, you know, it's been documented that wild hogs will eat rattlesnakes or any other snake for that matter. They're very opportunistic creatures. And there's been rumors, there's been talk that rattlesnakes are learning to not rattle. That rattling gets them killed. And it's a very strong theory. It makes a lot of sense. You're giving away your position to a predator as a human or as something like a wild hog that will eat you. Uh, you're giving your position away, and they're finding you, and they're killing you. So I don't know, but I've had several rattlesnakes here in the past that I have literally like stepped over, raked with something, you know, made contact. My best friend got bit right behind me, walking down by the river by a rattlesnake that never rattled. If I ticked it off, I was walking, I was lead. If I woke it up, stepped on it, brushed it, whatever happened, it never gave us warning, just struck. So be careful out there. Um, have have a plan. All you guys going out there and run at night, 
with night vision, thermal, dogs, doing any kind of hunting, walking around, have a plan, an emergency evac. Something happens, you need to be able to get out of there, whether it be somebody falling a hole and break their leg, um, somebody get bit, bit by a snake. You're out there with at night with guns. All sorts of things can happen. So think about that. It doesn't hurt to take the extra time. If you're in a new area, and I know a lot of you guys do this, a lot of guys get invited to go out and hunt some ranch in the middle of freaking nowhere. Google map that ranch. Try to come up with the plan of how to get out of there as fast as you possibly can and know where the nearest hospital is. You know, when you get in a situation like that, minutes count, seconds count. So, and let people know where you're going. That's a big deal too. You go out there and you don't tell anybody you're going to go hunt some ranch, just you and your buddies, and you all have vehicle problems or, you know, all kinds of things can happen. You can run into some trouble of some sort and need help, and if nobody knows you're out there, then who knows when help's going to come. You know, these are all things that you need to think about and uh, take in consideration. I, I try to be, you know, and I'm guilty of it myself. I, I, I've hit the river before solo, and uh, if something was to go wrong, I'm by myself. I got no way of no way of getting help for a very, very long time. And and there's just there's all kinds of factors. Bees, hornets, snakes, uh, you know, uh, being on the water, you know, a lot of fishermen have lost their life by bumping their head and falling overboard. You know, and, and I I'd be a liar if I tell you I wear my life jacket all the time. I'd be a liar if I tell you I take my life jacket with me. All the time, <laughs> I, I it's it's the way, it's just the way we are. And, and I'm telling you, as I get older, I start to think about stuff like that. I have kids now. I have a wife. You know, a lot of you guys probably listen to this single, just running wild, chasing pigs, doing whatever you want. That's awesome. That's great. But there's still people that rely on you to come home every day. There's still people that care about you. Your mom, your dad, your siblings, your friends. You know, a lot of people out there praying for y'all and you don't even realize it. So take the time to slow down, be safe when you're out there and you're doing things. Just remember evac, remember just have a plan. That's all I can really get at. But guys, thank y'all so much for tuning in the show today. I'm going to get out of here. I got a lot of preparation to do still for this weekend. I want to say thank y'all for tuning in to the Sounder Podcast. Remember, get signed up true-conservation.org for your chance at winning that turkey gun again that's a Mossberg 835 beautiful beautiful gun in Mossy Oak Obsession I'll be with y'all next week we'll be announcing winners here soon last week, last month I should say before I go, I'm rambling gave away a deep freeze gave away a feeder light, gave away a feeder shocker, keep those little coons and little varmints away from your corn we're giving away prizes like that every month just for getting signed up. Guys, y'all have a good one. I'm out of here. Until next week.